For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Crack Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Crack Podcast. So happy to be back. Two of my co-hosts. Let's get a big round of applause, please, for Mr. Demarcus Beasley. And Aguchi on There we go. There you go. He tried and he was like, yeah. I, can't, I can't do this. Ladies and gentlemen, the other me head in the, in the, in the chat, in the room. Let's get a big round of applause for, oh, is that... Is that new merchandise? Oh, this is merch. This hair for Gucci Anyewu. Oh, yo, yo, what's up, Hey, but see, Ke- hey, but see, Cash, you though. How come we ain't got none of the merchandise? Gucci made a shit yourself. Well, I mean, first I, 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 I love the idea. I'm, I'm, oh, he's I'm been gonna, selling it. Too. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell yeah, you. Yeah, I, I can buy the benefits. He's I'm been selling you, right? Bees, I tried to order your size, but extra, extra small didn't come in there. <laughs> <laughs> I need a kid size medium. <laughs> kid size medium. Fellas, how are you feeling today, man? All good, brother. All good. Bless, 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 bless. We, we survive elections. We're, uh, we're almost into winter. Um, but I'm a little down, brothers. Uh, this is one of my favorite time of the year. I need you guys to pick me up, man. And um, See, I, live in, I live in Houston. So I think you have to talk about the weather. Oh, no, 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 no. I hate the winter. I'm Jamaican. <laughs> but, but Thanksgiving is my favorite time of the year. My family gets together. We have around 60 people over. We, we do a thing called Turkey Bowl, which is we've been doing for 40 years. Where we, we play soccer with Not family and friends. And um, this year, uh, Mama Duke's like, nobody coming over. Keep your ass <laughs> Shit, I don't blame her, yo. I don't blame her. <laughs> Ain't y'all about to to shut down again, New York? I think the whole country about to uh, shut down again. But, you know, New York is not as bad as everywhere else, man. I mean, to be honest with you, I got a call from a a girlfriend of mine in Houston, and she was uh, extremely sick from COVID. Oh, see? That's why I stay my ass in the house. She moved there in the spring from New York, and she's like, what was that? You know, she thought she was escaping, you know? I mean, that's how it is. You, you see what it is overseas already in Europe, all the countries that, that had their shutdowns already. And, and yeah. it's funny because they said that our numbers hit record high, you yeah. know, so we're, we're getting more, more COVID cases now than we did back in May. But, back in May. But the shutdown hasn't happened yet. So you can almost anticipate, pay, anticipate that it's happening. But, you know, I know you guys seen all the, the speculation in the news about the vaccine and it's 94% success and, 95 to today. Yeah, they, yeah, they're, they're trying to push. This, they're trying to push this out hard. So I say all the politicians try the first batch of them. Yes, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> we, I like that. We we see how it reacts to that. Then the 
throw it to us. Yo, but catch a joke though. So I gotta work on Thanksgiving. Shit, at least y'all, y'all ain't gotta do nothing. I gotta. I be. Hey, we got. They got uh, European forty-eight games. <laughs> forty-eight, 48 yeah. games. Wow. Yo, y'all don't understand the stress I'm under. Y'all. <laughs> and I don't. And I don't say stress lightly. Stress. <laughs> You just gotta watch it. That's, that's that's more games than Bees is watching his thirty eight years of. Hell <laughs> yeah, yeah, yo, it's uh, it's it's twenty four. You know, it's twenty four games. So yeah. you got 48 teams, 24 games, and uh, we we cover every single one of them games. You know, what I'm like you know, you know the doing... do you know the roster of every team? Hell, you know no. how to pronounce every team? <laughs> I do not. I don't even know how to announce all the players. <laughs> And listen, so long, as, long as you announce the Arsenal players correctly on, on Thanksgiving Day, man, that's all I care about. Didn't they lose last week? Of course. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm wearing... Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm wearing a Stoke City jersey. <laughs> Why you just skip over that? Representing my man Cameron Jones. <laughs> Goose, Goose thought I had a Jeff Cameron jersey on, but it's the other Cameron, Cameron Jones. Big, big I, thought, shout I thought you had a Jeff... I mean, that's the... You know, it's Cameron think, Jerome. Not yeah, him too, him too. <laughs> yo, you got a jersey on, you know who you who you rock, yo. Yo, who is this guy? Yeah, listen, man. It's a nice jersey. Nah, I'm playing, I'm playing. Yo, what, what, what you what's that now? What you drinking? That's what I want to know. This is something I'm gonna send you something, man. This is one of our um projected sponsors. We can't announce it yet until you know they sign the check. So I ain't gonna yeah, announce true. it. I need, That's why, hey, you see, you turn the label right. Real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little bees. We got to, hey, it's business, brother. <laughs> but you see how we skipped that subject real quick. Arsenal losing 3 0 to. Uh, Listen, so Thanksgiving, <laughs> what, what, what is a Gucci family <laughs> doing for Thanksgiving? I, I know a Gucci family is a, is a big, close knit community. What do you guys have planned down there? He said community. 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 It is a community. It's like a nest. <laughs> what do you guys have planned down, down like, in, uh, in DMV? Just like man. you, baby. Just like you. Uh, I, I have family, my sister's in New York, and we want to go down there, but it's just too much risk in, re- in regards to, you know, putting the kids under that risk and everything like that. So oh, your parents. We're, just, we're just going to keep it local in Maryland, man. Keep it local in Maryland, and hopefully uh, things will change a little bit for the better come Christmas time. I don't know. So, so are you going to Mama, Mama Bear House? Oh, yeah. She's right down the road now. Damn, my mother, won't, my mother, like you can drive by and wave. You can pick up some cranberries. <laughs> she ain't let nobody in the crib. Nobody. Nah, I, I, be, I be seeing my parents. I be seeing my parents once, twice a week. But I get tested like yeah, once every two weeks just for the hell of it. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, don't want to take no risks. So yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what's going on in Indianapolis, man? In the Fort Wayne? Nothing, dog. It's uh, you know, they getting together though, right? Who's what? cooking? Nah, ain't nobody. I gotta work, yo. Not you, but the rest of your family. They don't care about you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Straight up. They don't care about me. I ain't gonna lie. Uh, I don't even know. I ain't talking to my mama yet. We, we, already, we, we spoke about uh, we're gonna do uh, Thanksgiving this year because I have to work. So I'll be on, on air from about 10 to about 5.30 or something like that. The Thursday is gonna be way for. So, I mean, I think they, they, they most likely they're gonna be at Fort Wayne. So I ain't gonna see them during Thanksgiving. So definitely, definitely, man. We're definitely. This one this year. Well, listen, fellas, talking about a little bit of ball, um, one thing I want to talk to you guys about, obviously, the U.S. national team hasn't got together in a very long time, and they got a chance to play two friendlies, uh, 0-0 draw against Wales, and today was, what, 6-2 against yeah. Um, yeah. Panama. Um, FC Panama, I call them, because uh, <laughs> it seemed to be a, a very uh, a B team, but I think both teams really uh, had a lot of young players. And... Um, but we keep, we keep saying we keep saying young players, but that is our national team. That is our national you, team. You, you look at it, you look at it, and okay, 
people can argue what they want, but from what we've seen and what have what uh, Burhalt has put out, it looks like Michael Bradley and Josie, and uh, that's it. What other two veterans gonna be? I mean, it's in, okay. Obviously, you know. Wait, 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 injured. wait. You said Michael who? Yeah, I, I, I said Burhalter. I'm not saying. In the oh, okay, okay, I okay, said okay. Burhalter. Wow, wow, wow. Speak, speak your mind, Mookie. What you got? I, I just don't I, I understand why Michael Bradley being the conversation of He's the next World Cup. I'm saying with. Okay, I mean, that's, you have that's a player like opinion. Tyler Adams playing in the Bundesliga. What the hell you need Michael Bradley for? Okay, so if he get hurt, then what? Then we have other guys. Who? Weston can, <laughs> can play back there. He's like anybody. You do understand that the World Cup is in what two years, and we don't have that many games to prepare. You know, what I'm saying for uh, you, you a, need, a you normal. Need some, you need a veteran pre- presence somewhere. You know, yeah. even if it's not for the on-field presence, but within the group, uh, somebody that's been there that, that experienced those what these kids haven't experienced yet. Happily, you know, a lot of them are getting their first caps this yeah. last week. You know, so. And, I, and I'm not – go ahead, Booch. No, no, I agree with you. Go on. Yeah, no, I'm just saying – I'm not saying that Michael Bradley is that guy. I'm just saying – because, I mean, I, if anybody knows Michael Bradley, he's going to want to start. He's going to want to play. But I can see him being a good team player if he doesn't start every week. I'm sure him and Greg have spoke. And if he's not starting every week, I'm sure Greg is still going to have him in the right mindset and just knowing Mike, you know what I'm saying, I don't think he will, you know, cause any, you know, distractions to the team. And that's not – I don't think that's how he is. But in saying that, I mean, we can debate and see, okay, what veteran? Because you're going to need some veteran in 2022. No, that's, a, that's, a, that's a great point. So in you, 2022, who, who, you're going to need some. a better leader for this young group, Michael Bradley or Josie Altidore? Michael Bradley. I think, Michael yeah. Bradley. I mean, I mean in, in regards to leader, in regards to knowing their role within the team, it would yeah. probably be Michael. I mean, I think at that point, Josie would be uh, – still wanting to compete right so if he wasn't getting that first spot it might be an issue it might not who knows uh but i would say that in retrospect with michael being probably the best veteran josie would probably fit in better in form right now uh because of who they have at his position versus who michael has in his position right. yeah, when's the last time josie Altador played three games He's injured right. he? i mean that, while, right? you got a, you got a point but it was even greg berhalter who made the statement saying Despite that, he's probably still the most talented number nine. Yeah, uh, there you go. Cool. Wow. You know, you go. if that's coming from the head coach. <laughs> and that's, that's and that, what, that, what was my first point I said from Burhalter. That's exactly what I said. You got, you still got Michael Bradley, you still got Josie. And those two guys from right now, what we see is going to be an intricate part in the, the team going forward as of now. So, who? As of now, okay, I, I I understand that point. Um, okay, but forget about the open. What, what did you see? What did you see in these games? What did you like? What, did you like? I, what I saw, what I'm excited about, is the threesome of the young kid Musa, who plays for Valencia, who happened yeah. just mothers on vacation, gave birth to him in New York, <laughs> and that's how he got his his, uh, his citizenship. Mothers um, on vacation, nine months pregnant, just living. Yeah. <laughs> Baby, this is buy a ticket to travel to New York. Now, you know, so. God bless mama, um, because the kid is a baller, and um, he, he definitely looked apart, drives the ball well, holds the ball up well, smart, intelligent decisions, um, good in tight spaces. Uh, Tyler Adams is a beast as, as a number six, um, especially on, on, on the level of the U.S. national team. And then you have Weston McKinney, who's box to box, who these two games proved to me that this is his squad. Everybody say Pulisic, but I can see, this is West's squad. West is the glue. Uh, he might be the most talented. Look, West I, is the blue. I will say that 
you're right. You know, Tyler Adams, that sixth spot is his to lose right there, 100%. I would say Weston, for sure, that eight, that box to box, he has that engine for sure. I would say to say that it's his team versus Christians or Christian's team versus his, they both hold very important roles, very different roles within this team, right? And you see in these last two friendlies, it's a different team when Christian's not playing, right? And they're, they're not looking for him, which he usually takes the brunt of that responsibility on his shoulders to kind of uh, begin the offensive threats. Um, so yeah, Tyler, I mean, not Tyler, excuse me, Weston has an important role in the transition from midfield to attack, but Christian holds that hierarchy of that responsibility. Definitely. In that final Definitely. But, but what's more important, the engine or, or the attack? You tell me. Yeah, but you, but you, I mean, you look at it, you look at it and you say, and I mean, I, yeah, people are going to probably be like, oh man, you always talk about the old school and this and that. But I look at it like Claudio and Landon. You know what I'm saying? Claudio was the glue, like you talk about, with like Weston. He was the he was the, the leader. He was the man. He was the guy. And we went to him. You know, we needed to get, as Gooch, I'm sure you know, for being in center back. If you were under pressure and you saw Claudio, you give him the ball. Mm-hmm. If he has two people on him, if he has one, whatever, you give him the ball, he'll make something happen always. Mm-hmm. We're not, is, is Weston that type of player? I don't, you know, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But this is fact that y'all talking about uh, being the glue and being one of the more important players. But then you have, or more attacking mind, then you have Landon. You know what I'm saying? Landon was was that guy. But Claudio was still the more important player in that area. And I think this time around now, it's, it's got to be Christian. Mm-hmm. Because of what he does on the ball, what he brings to the team, no one else can bring. Yeah. Not, not anybody. And that's and I, I know I don't want to compare. I don't want to compare eras, you know, the, that era from this era because they're totally 40. I'm right, talking right now. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about right now. I just think that I, I kind of somewhat agree with, with Gooch is that way he plays and what he can bring to each game and the threat that he brings to uh, defenses and how to whatever, wherever he plays, it's on the right, it's through the middle. I think he can really unlock a lot of different defenses more than anyone else can. I think that's why he's more important than Weston at this time. Imagine, imagine this offensive, this transition from midfield to offensive threat with Weston with Musa, with Christian. Yeah, it's nasty. G- Gio. Gio. Yeah, I we mean, didn't talk about Gio. Hold on. Yeah, right. yeah, but Gio, Gio wasn't impressed with these. these I didn't. These, listen, I'm, I'm, not talking about these, I'm not talking about these right? two games. That's why he's asking me to be on the bench. So he, I'm not he, talking he, about that. You're going ahead of time. Like, yeah. I said imagine. This is like when they're all informed. Like, And Musa's only 17 as well. So imagine exactly. he has so much room. And played well. So don't talk about he's only 17. Yeah, he played well. But this man, Chris, this man, Gio, was in the top-ranked midfielders in Europe right now you can't t- you can't take nothing away from him wait, we'll Gio's what? wait wait say it again he was he's he's amongst the top rated midfielders right now playing in all of Europe I wait, say, that say that one more time <laughs> the top rated midfielders what ratings what the <laughs> fuck ratings are you coming about? He, I'll, I'll tell you because if it's number of assists and goals and actions uh attacked all the us. world or are you talking about in Dortmund I, I said in Europe. Europe I said in Europe in Europe Whatever, not even in Europe Okay, nah, so, so when I show you the article, what are you going to say? Fake news? No, listen, y'all bring recount, it. Recount. Listen, we want to recount. I can, I can name you ten play. I can name you ten midfielders who are way better. Yeah, but this, yeah, yeah, you, that, yeah, okay, but not Jill. I like Jill. I rate Jill. He's move, a Jill. I love Jill. It's going on. You, you, you act like I wrote the, You write. You act like I wrote the article. 
This ain't Arsenal. No, but you are quoting the article. That's that's, yes, that's on I you. I am quoting the article because they did the research. You did not. That, yeah, <laughs> my, my research that is way important, way more important than that damn article, obviously. <laughs> All right, that so statement we, was ridiculous. Can we talk about your research in a three-nil defeat to Aston Villa? Or are we gonna skip over that again? Listen, listen, I'm looking forward. Okay. Right? Like the national team. We're looking forward. But no, listen. My point is Gio has a bright future regardless what he did in these last two games. Definitely. But you know, the US is a young team. Average age, 19 years old. You got Weston, you got Gio, you got Musa possibly if he doesn't switch uh, uh, national teams. Listen, they better give him Rihanna to make sure he stays. You got got Christian, you got Tyler (laughs) Adams, and then you have all these other supporting casts that just got their first caps this this uh this last week as well the cycle yeah i think this is an exciting kind of transition in the national team and everyone has aspirations for what they're going to become because they haven't yet right they're too young to become anything they're 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 on their path they haven't hit their 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 climax yet which is great you know because regardless of how young they are and we can all argue about you know this national team is so young it's under 20 team but most of them are playing like important roles in their club teams, right? Yeah, wait, 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 wait. but who's – ain't nobody arguing that. I hold on, hold on. I, I am. I am. Let's talk about that. No, Goose was arguing that. I wasn't arguing that. No, no. I want to I I argue about important roles because you guys said something previously, which is these name players, right? These guys who they get these contracts but haven't already established themselves and then they get a national team call-up, right? And I look at guys like, um, you know, Gio Reyna. Obviously, he, he's an he's a intricate part of Dortmund but he's not a mainstay in Dortmund. If he's not playing, it doesn't mean Dortmund going to win or lose, right? Um, I think Weston has obviously gained that. But you have a lot of other players who, like, for me, Zach Steffen, right? Zach, the other guy who I respect, and I love Zach as a person. As a, but right now, the situation that he's in, he's not playing game in, game out, not even getting a sniff. And he won't be getting a sniff probably until the guy in front of him gets hurt. How do we have him starting on a team that's trying well, to what is make- your criteria? You're saying Zach doesn't start, but he's playing, so that shouldn't happen. But you're saying Gio is starting. No, 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 no. I'm saying, I'm saying, though, Gooch, real talk. They're using a center back. Would you want a goalkeeper who hasn't played a, 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 a 11v11 game in, in months being your starter in your national team? Is that, that the level that we accept right now? No, I think this was a, this was a predominantly European team for a reason. Right. So there, there wasn't access to the American players playing over here or whatever. So you have to take what you have access to. And I don't know who that who that who his backups were and if they're playing or whatever. But I know one of them was is playing in uh, Club Bruges in Belgium. Young oh, guy. Yeah. Young yeah. guy. He just got that. Evan. Yeah. Or, or, yeah. Or, or. You know, and so or, you're going to want to start him over Zach Steffen right now. Who yeah. Has, why? He hasn't because done he's with playing games. Yes, he played, he played, played two games. Wait, wait, wait. He doesn't know. He played two games. But he's let him. What do you mean? Let he's not play. starting. He's not starting game in game out. For no, 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 no. Mingle he started because he, he got had, injured. No, no, no. Mingle uh, had. You know, this is my CBS coming out. Hold up. Hold That's up. good. Man. That's, hold up, That's huge. Hold up. He got. He got the coronavirus. There we go. The, the, the starting goalkeeper. The starter, yeah, the starting goalkeeper for Belgium national, the Belgium national team. Yeah. How you say good? Mingle, right? Mingle. Yeah, he got he got the virus, so he was out for two weeks. So the so first Champions League game, there. so we have an issue. Now. League, yeah, so the first Champions League game, uh, that's why um, Horvath started. And then that next uh, that next game that weekend um, in the league, he played a game. But then after that, Meanley's back in the lineup, so um, he hasn't played since then. So no, wow. he's not he's not playing. Did that change your mind, Mookie? No, that shows me that <laughs> we have a, we have a we have a big concern about 
not having a real we need a goalkeeper that's playing game and game. I'll game. give you that. I'll, I'll, I'll rock with you on that one. I mean, you want a goalkeeper to uh, yeah, but no, I don't I, think I don't think he shouldn't have been starting. I would say that I, with the list of goalkeepers that they brought in, I think Zach Stefan was the better was the best option. I but, agree. But I do I agree. agree. I do okay. wait, but I do agree with you about saying it may be a little concern going into bigger games qualifying. We're, World Cup to has it if he's not playing regularly at Man City. That's like a huge not, only getting not yeah. only getting cup games. That's that is going to be a concern. Hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. I think in any position you want a player that's playing regularly at their club. I, I remember when we started when Bruce Bruce was like, "If you're not playing, how can I bring you to the national team?" Like, where yeah. and you and you playing? made that point before, and you stressed that point. And right. That's and so, I'm but I, but I'm saying these friendlies are it's like a their last game. We didn't even know if they're going to have friendlies because of the coronavirus. This was put together. Nobody really anticipated this game, these two games in the first place a, a month ago. <clears throat> Excuse me. So for me, this was a friendly. Wales was a friendly. He had to put something together. Whether this continues with Zach and he's not playing, if he doesn't go on loan somewhere or whatever, because, you know, maybe he goes on a, uh, a championship club emergency loan for the season or whatever to get games. He does need to continue playing. Because that's the only way he's going to keep his, his fitness, keep his form, and not let the other goalies leapfrog him. So, What do you think about Berhalter stating that um, him uh, in practice is getting so much quality that he feels that um, – not saying it's enough, but he feels that it was sufficient enough for him. For that's, him. A cover up. that's a cover-up. Yeah, a cover up. I, I, boy, boy, Bruce <laughs> took the words right out of my mouth. That's just, uh, that's just a coach um, Doing the right supporting, thing. His, supporting his player. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. I guarantee, and I guarantee that when it comes, push comes to shove, be like, he might even say, like, Zach, you are my number one, but I need you to play. Yeah. That's the end of the day. If you're not playing, I can't say that you're going to be my number one. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, in the, no, in the media, that, but that, that's, a, that's just a sign of a good coach. He's, Berhalter was a player, you know what I'm saying? So he knows, knows kind of how to feed, feed, the, feed, feed the media stuff that he wants to hear. Yeah, you know, so he ain't going to be to say, "Oh yeah, I'm I'm concerned about Zach Stephan. He's not playing. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be my number one." Blah 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 blah. Oh, ain't no coach gonna say that. If I don't think he'll say he, that. He's protecting. You know. He's protecting. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's supporting his player. That's it. That's all. It is. That's and it. at the end of the day, I do believe he's getting good training with Man City. There's no question about that. The players he's with, what he's doing, but there's nothing to substitute a game atmosphere. The stress Especially of as a goalkeeper. You, you get scored on in training, yeah. okay, cool, continue. You get scored on in the game, it's over. Ain't no, ain't no continue. <laughs> ain't no continue, right? So th- that stress, that builds confidence, that makes you – pressure builds diamonds, right? And you need that pressure week in and week out to know how to handle that adversity during game time. And so, yeah, Greg Berhalter, he's a player. He knows the deal. Like, yeah, that's just a, yeah. That, <laughs> that, 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 when, when, I hear, when I hear comments like that from any coach around it, they, they just support. I mean, that's what it is. You have to do. You support your players. You support your team. You support the club or the national team or whatever. That's what you do. That's it. But behind closed doors, I guarantee he's telling Zach Stefan, like, hey, man, I, I love you, but we gotta do something. When it push comes to shove, when it's time to really do this, hey, I'm going to need you to be playing. Aguche and Yewu, you are a legend. U.S. national team. Give me your opinions on the center backs that performed these last two games. We had Brooks, we had uh, Miaz, Miazga, 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 and we had uh, our boy Tim Ream. Uh, I'd love to hear your insight. Richards didn't play? He got in for 10 minutes. Um, it was his foul. But, uh, oh, okay. Yeah. For me, uh, Brooks is by far 
head and shoulders above everybody else right now. Um, his confidence on the ball, his distribution, his command in the back line, you can tell that he has a presence right now that he didn't have some years before, probably because of his, his integration into the team. Mm -hmm. But you can tell that he's important to that team when he's playing. Yeah. So he has to stay healthy, one. And I think that that left center back spot is his. Um, I wasn't highly impressed with Miazga next to him. Uh, obviously, he just uh, changed clubs. He's playing with Anderlecht now on loan for the rest of the season. Maybe he's going to get his form. He's going to pick it up. But I wasn't – he didn't do anything terribly to make me say he's a terrible player, but he didn't impress me like his counterpart Brooks did. Um, same with um, – what's his name? Tim Ream. Tim Ream. Yeah, like today's game was against a very C-team-esque Panama squad. And I was hoping because he is the mature and older – an experienced player on that squad to kind of show that and lead it. He was, had the captain's armband, but aside from the armband, I didn't really see the leadership uh, in the game. So I was hoping more for them. But honestly, I really want to see if I had my, my choice picks in center back, I want to see Brooks Mark. alongside Mark McKinney. McKenzie. Yeah, sorry. Are you going to say that? Like those two right there, I feel like they can really complement each other. You know, they're, they both have that athletic ability. They both pass well out the back. Um, I, I, I'd really like to see that that couple at some time in the near future. I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. I mean, obviously they couldn't they couldn't uh, name some of the MLS players because of the, the playoffs. So, oh, but Philly um, doing so well, I think you have to bring them in. Like, there's no bring who in. If Philly doing so well this year, you have to bring who in. Mark Mark McKenzie. Now you should you, you should. No, with Philly. Oh, you mean in the future? Well, Wait, wait, there's no more. Yeah, there's no more. Well, that's what I'm saying. You said they should bring him in. I thought you meant these two games. I thought you meant they should. That's what no, they I'm could. They now. couldn't bring him in these two. I games. know. They I know. Man, shut up. I thought that's what you meant. Yeah, but I you. That's what you but meant. Yeah, be not smart. How you? All right, boys. You, 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 you both are saying the same thing. You just said the same thing. Same thing. Everybody saying the same thing. I can't stand this guy, yo. I swear. Light skin, boy. Hey, hey, don't call me into that. Yeah, you too. You too, both of y'all light skin. That's why you're wrong. That's why you're wrong. See, there you go. See, look at, see, look at, sensitive. So, so bees, I, I like to talk to you a little bit about uh, the left, the left back and the wingers position since you were um, both right. Uh, this game, first game against Wales, we had um, Antoine Robinson who played the left back, who is uh, English American. He plays for Fulham as well. Mm. Um, and in this game, they had. Um, Des come over from right back and play left side fullback. How important mm -hmm. is it for us to have a left-footed left fullback or left wing back? I, just, I don't think it, it matters if it has a left if the, the player has a left foot. I think it matters if the that we have a left back that we can count on and be concrete and play and and be counted for and be consistent. That's it. I, I don't think the unless the you know Burhalter has some. Uh, think something against a right-footed player up on the left side. Can Des play that? Yeah, but and that, but that, but that goes to show you that maybe and he did well not, today on the left side. But it was okay, Panama's so, and it was that, Panama that, um, FC. So it was, yeah, <laughs> but that goes to show you that he's not. We're, we're not very deep in that position. If he's putting another right-footed footed player in the left, that's getting him reps. You know, what I'm saying that's getting him reps in the left back position to say, okay, look, in a in a in some kind of game, if I need you to play left left back, I know I'm counting. You know, what I'm saying so. 
And yeah, I mean, we need, yeah, we need a left back. And uh, I heard the first game wasn't great with with uh, Robinson. I don't, I don't know. I can't say because I didn't see the game. I just well, let me tell you, Robinson is a stiff. He's a I, stiff. I didn't see the game. He's a stiff man. He, he, to me, he's an old school English fullback. He just run down the line, kick the ball over the top. Uh, his passing <laughs> execution was terrible. His touch on the ball wasn't was terrible. His his vision and terrible is harsh. I'm a hard harsh person. Hey, you, yeah, but I say you a tough critic. God, yeah, I am a please. tough critic. I'm a tough critic. It's life, right? It's life. Listen, so hey, I, I ain't mad at you. It's your you know, opinion. All I got is an opinion. You know what I mean? Yeah, but in, in reality, what I expect in the level I expect that you and other left backs have set on the U.S. national team, I expect to, to reach that mark and better. And I don't want to see Antoine Robinson back in here. I don't want Tim Ream. I wow. love him to death. My brother, I don't want to see you back in the U.S. fold. Um, and uh, I think that we had had some um, doubts on us having a number nine and how deep we were at number nine. But today, the young boys, I think, really stepped up. Um, I'm going to mention. Uh, don't uh, not talk quickly on that number nine with the young boys. This is what's playing Panama FC now. So. No, no, no. Yeah, I, I'm not even saying that it's, Josie is in trouble. I'm just talking about in general, I was glad to, um, to, to see these young boys have success and show that they can actually find the back of the net. You know, and, and one guy I want to speak about is the gentleman who plays in French second division, uh, uh, Nicholas, how you pronounce that, Gooch? Go for it. Giacchini. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. Giacchini. Um, you know, this is a gentleman who, he was born in Kansas City, and I think at eight years old, he moved to Italy. I want to point out that his mother is Jamaican, so that's why he's so damn talented, and his father's Italian. <laughs> which is another reason why he's so damn talented. I think that's a great mix, but uh, he plays uh, in the second, second division of France. I think he has a lot of talent. I think the, the kids showed, uh, he scored two goals today, uh, Bs, but he missed a penalty kick. And that's yeah. my- It that's happens, my that's football. He, he, he wanted that that's hat football. trick. He wanted that hat trick. No, I feel you, Goose, but Dan, you're a striker. How the hell you miss a penalty kick, man? Stop it, stop Against it. The, this keeper was terrible. I mean, this goalkeeper could have battled for that job today. Listen, it he was, was hard. He didn't. Panama goalkeeper. The, goal, the goalkeeper didn't save it. He missed it. Right. There was like a pass. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was a bad. It was it a was, bad. It was a bad yeah. thing. But look, at the end of the day, the best players miss penalties. Messi misses his penalty. Cristiano misses penalty. I mean, every Demarcus Beasley has missed penalties in his life. I know it's crazy. But yeah, it's why happened. you blowing him up? We all forgot about those. Because I, I did. I, I said, I did. The, did you not hear what I, <laughs> what I what I what I said before? The best players, and I put B. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I put him in that echelon. Of you see what I'm saying? I put him yeah. in Messi and Cristiano. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I like that. I knew what you guys were going to hear, but I want to got to make you understand what I said. Don't but don't. like like I said, like the kid's young, and he was eager. Like I like the fact that he wanted to take that penalty. Even though he missed it, he wanted that hat trick. It would have felt good, but nah. yeah. But so for me, see, this, this is what I this, this is what I'm saying. For me, Mook, the fact that you even bring it up like that that doesn't mean nothing. That don't mean shit. He missed a penalty. Everyone misses a penalty. I, I, I was I was joking. I gave him a lot of praise, but but yeah, I, I'm concerned about that. You brother. said I can't believe he missed a penalty. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I, yeah. I I, I'm, I'm a little heated about that, brother. Listen, a player is supposed to make the damn penalty, right? Especially Stop playing it. playing your first debut. You're trying to get on the hat trick. <laughs> You, you got to show me you have some type of composure and some type of class. Oh, good. Now you didn't show you that. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, but I also want to speak about Soto. You know, it's, a, it's a, another American. Uh, I think he has um, an option to play for Chile as well. He came on, scored two goals. You know, he, he was tremendous for us for the U-20s. And uh, um, again, another player you hope that he picks the national team. So, so I think we have a lot of great things to look forward to. Um, my concern, Bs, is the, the style of play 
having the right coach and the, and the right and the right energy inside the inside the program. I think for not making the last World Cup and having the so-called talent we have here, we have to keep our standards high. You know, um, I think I think we deserve that now in the USA. I think these players need to feel that pressure. You know. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, well, I mean, I think right now it's a little bit different because of how, it, because we didn't qualify for the last World Cup, so now it's it's, it's a whole new. It's a whole new era. There's so many new players. It's you know, I don't think that Greg is just giving out, giving out caps. You know, what I'm saying? I think they're really doing their homework as far as trying to find people that can really make make for one make a difference, but then compete inside the team, not against the big team. I'm talking about compete with the national team. You know, we want we still even though Christian Pulisic is, is going to play, he's a number ten, he's going to play. We still want someone to compete with Christian Pulisic for, for him to for to be on the field. That's what we need. That's what that's what makes the best team. Not just national team, but makes the best uh, for any team. You want to have com- competition in your own club or in your own national team. And if they if they can do that and find these young talent, then the sky's the limit. Because you can't just say, okay, well yeah, this guy's old, this that. Like everyone's young. Everyone's at a big club now. You can't say, oh, well, this guy's at so and so Division Three club because they found him somewhere somehow. We don't know who he is. But now we got players that are playing at high, um, very prestigious and uh, very uh, his- historical clubs playing, getting good minutes, learning from the best, and they're bringing that to the national team. So it only can be a good thing, you know what I'm saying? So I do hope that Greg can can get these these younger players to play his whatever his style of football is, to play his style of football and get us back to the World Cup and uh, competing at a, at, a, at, a, at a high level. Gooch, I definitely, I definitely think that uh, these two games showed us that we do have some depth, right? We do have some um, talent in each position. Again, stating that how Pulisic didn't play and maybe Gio Reyna was in that position. I think it'd be good for Gio and Pulisic to fight for that position. Um, yeah. As you said, uh, too early to say that Gio's going to fight anybody, especially Pulisic in, yeah. that, in that regard. You know what I'm saying? Like, not to say that it's, 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 it's in permanent ink or it's nailed down, but like, this Christian has been carrying this team for the last couple of years, right? Even he was carrying this team when they, when they failed to qualify for the 18 World Cup, uh, to be honest. So, you know, to say now that just because Gio's having a phenomenal year and he's a, he's a, he's a presence and he's a prospect, I don't think he's going to be the one to dethrone Christian, right? Um, the, the throne, but I think that he has to, you know, right now um, – in his position where he would fit on the national team, if he did have our strongest side, I think that, you know, he would have to compete or, you know, with Christian, I think it'd be tough to play them both. I think it's, it's, it's a question of where Greg wants them to be played. Right. Yeah, it's, all, it's all about, it's all about balance. If he's gonna, if he's gonna, balance. You saw how like we want to Tyler Adams to be number six, but he was like a right back number six for the longest time in the national team. Is he going to still try to, Make the him, hybrid, the yeah. Yeah. Is he going to try and make him that? Or is he going to put him in the six? Or is he going to have Christian as a ten? Or is he going to have him as a as a winger? Like, it's 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 basically the style and system that Greg thinks will uh, get the best out of the players that he has. Another concern I have um, is yeah, he's really on this national team. He got a lot of concerns, buddy. Right. I, yeah. I, my, my, here's the thing, though, because these because our listeners want to hear from you too about the national team. So in saying that. Um, the penalty kick came about, and Gio Reyna wanted to take it. Uh, Nicholas uh, Giacchini, right, the new striker, was on. He scored two goals, and he wanted to get a hat trick, so he picked the ball up, and and Gio was kind of pissed off about it. When he missed it, Gio raised his hand. He looked over to the bench. 
I don't like that. Did it really? Yo, like this at, at the bench. That pissed me off. I didn't see that, and oh, I, didn't, I didn't see that. Wow. But, but, but that pissed but me I don't, off. I don't yeah. like that whatsoever because that indicates uh, an ego for no reason. And within a team, you can't have that ego, especially that early on. As good as he is or thinks he is or as good as he will be at that moment, I have no issue with that striker picking up the ball <laughs> as a striker. I already scored two goals and one in his hat trick. Maybe Gio's like, oh, I wanted my first goal. I just turned 18, blah, blah, blah. No, he hit a free, hit a free kick that a goalkeeper scored. Oh, yeah, that's scored. true. That's true. That's true. He had a free kick already. So, but, but, but in saying that, like, I understand that I, I'm not mad at him that he wanted to take it. I'm mad at him and his reaction after. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, no, no. If that, if that, if that was the case, I, I agree. I mean, yeah. I don't want to – I don't want – because, for one, I didn't see it. Two, we don't know because we just see what we saw. Well, Mookie, you saw what you – he didn't take from what you saw on the – on the during the game, they take it as a Bible. Uh, but to speak, but if that was yeah, but say if that was the case, yeah, that's that's wrong. That's wrong. Yeah, I don't like 100%, that. Hundred percent wrong. 100%. If if that if that was the case, if that happened like that, that's for me. Uh, you can, I'm, my concern is that that comes down from management for him to even think that was acceptable to do shows that he's getting way too comfortable or they are babying his ass way too much to him no, to I, think I, on I, his I, first. Um, the first two games playing with the senior national team for him to even react that way, you know. See, and this is this is when this is when you have a leader on your team. This is when you have uh, forget for, for, forget the coach. And that comes from the manager, man. For, no, no, that is team. That is player. You don't you don't coach. I wouldn't want Greg Bartow to go to say go to Gio and say, hey man, you shouldn't do that. This is not how it is. I want the player, the captain, one of the veterans to go and be like, yo, what the hell are you doing? It it, it as a player. You might, you might, man, 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 you know, man, man, fuck this dude. I don't want to talk about a lot, but you respect him because he came to you as a teammate. I would rather have a teammate come to me if I did some, some, some fucked up shit on the field, off the field, whatever. I'd rather have him come to me than a coach. So that's when you want a coach shouldn't have to deal with stuff like that. Yeah. You know, yeah, he is young because he was going to learn. You don't, you, you don't want to, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know how great coaches, but you don't want to tell a, a young kid that, oh, this is this, this is this, this is that, because you never know, you might lose confidence, blah, blah, blah. I don't think Gio would, but this is when you have leaders on the field to step up and be like, or even after the game, be like, yo, that wasn't cool. You know, if we're gonna, if we're gonna really do this and really go at it how we want to, how, how we want to do it as far as national team, you can't react like this. This is not the attitude we want on this national team. And I, I if I was a coach, if I was a coach. I would want my my captain or my one of my senior members to go up to him or even anybody go up to him and say, "Geo, that was fucked up. We can't have this on our team." Not the coach. That 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 kind of stuff does not go with the coach. That's my opinion. I, agree I don't think that's two of you. Coach. I agree with both of you with everything you said, Bees. But I also agree that if and I haven't seen it, I'm just going off of the description that Mookie said. If you put your hands up, that's one thing. But for him to turn around towards the bench and the coaches and think yeah. that that was acceptable. That's another, that's another feeling of comfort. Like I can protest to them because they're on my side. That's right? my beef. I don't, that's I, my beef. I, 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 I don't like cool. if, if that's how it happened, I don't like that. If, if he would have kicked the grass. I'm going to have to review the VAR and see if that actually happened <laughs> and uh, get back to y'all. <laughs> but um, I, I, still, I, just, I still think that, you know, saying that that should be dealt, dealt with, with, uh, with the, the captain and the, the veterans and that's that. That's my opinion. Listen, Goose, did you get an email about Fort Wayne FC holding trials? I think they recruited me. Did you get that email? <laughs> no, you got a Stoke jersey on, so we ain't recruit nobody from Stoke, from Stoke, from Stoke City. <laughs> Big up to Ricardo Fuller, by the way. Quietly, boo. Little digs, little digs. Big up to Reese, that dude. Stoke City been good to our peoples, man. But, but, yeah, um, right. 
Bees, please tell us about about uh, the new movements of Fort Wayne FC, man. Because I, I, I've been running every day, B. You see, I look in shape. Look <laughs> yeah, I see that. No, nah, man, it's, it's good. Yeah, we're getting things off to uh, on, a, on a good note. We uh, we got tryouts January fourth. Um, just trying to get the team. We got the the before I was there, they already had signed a couple of different players. Uh, so I get a chance to meet the, the players that they signed before. I get to see some new faces, get to, new, get to meet the new staff, get to meet everyone that I haven't met. Obviously, I've, I've met the, the owner, the ownership group, most of those guys, but I haven't met the staff of the, of the club yeah. as far as, you know, marketing and sponsorships yeah. and all those. So I'm really excited to meet everybody and, and get going, man. Like, I'm, it's, it's, a, it's an ongoing, it's an ongoing process, you know what I'm saying? Like, trying to, trying to get sponsors, trying to get, you know, dollars into this, trying to get people uh, interested into the, in, with with the club and really supporting our club, so uh, I'm going. Uh, I'm going back to Fort Wayne end of December. You have the shuffling job, brother. Yeah, man. End of December, going back back to Fort Wayne, and then uh, that's when that's when it real really really starts. So I'm looking forward to it, man. Dope, man. But listen, man, you got a center back and uh, uh, and and, uh, and a experience, man, right? experience right here. We talk about experience. This is what no, you need. I don't what? need. I don't need man. One of y'all. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. One one guy one what? at least give us a tryout. <laughs> no, thank you. you can, move, move. I, I, I seen you on the beach, dog. I can't. I, I, I seen I seen your two touch game, dog. I can't. I can't have you. On, I can't have you on my squad. Hold on. I think I lasted longer than you in that two touch game. Though. What are you talking about? Oh man. But, but listen, I I love to introduce our guest for the night. Um, this is a gentleman who's a friend to the room, who has experience playing for man, clubs like Man City. Sunderland, and finished up his career at Real Soul Lake. This guy is a multimedia. This guy, this guy is a politician. You got a haircut. <laughs> this guy is Just a world-class baller, and I think he's in, he's gonna be the mayor of London. Hey, look how you look, look how you looking around. Though. Like you like he just yeah yeah. Oh, you talking you talking about me? Oh, I didn't even know. Sorry. What's up, my brother? Welcome to the crack, man. Man, it's been a while. It's been a while. What up, Nate? This moment. Hey, what's up, Nadi? Gucci what up, promised man? me this a long time ago, bro. Uh, Olga, Olga now. Olga now, child. Relax now. Look at this. Let me not, got, let me not relax. Two Nigerians on a, on, a, on a call. We're never going to talk, Beast. Oh, <laughs> let him go. Let, hey, let him go. Let him go. Let me, let me start by saying this, okay? So, Gucci, you oh, said to me, you give me a five-minute warning. Bro, so I gave you five point, minutes. Point to the other and, light skin. As, point to the other I, light skin. As I was waiting, I remembered Oguchi Onyewu, Oguchi Onyewu, Nigerian, five uh -huh. minutes. Uh -huh. I was like, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I mean, you, got, you got a Nigerian so like, and a Jamaican on the call. Yeah, this is going to be slow. Ten, be minutes, slow. Yeah, ten right minutes now. can be an hour, half an hour. <laughs> yes. Listen, yes. brother, don't, don't shoot the messenger, okay? <laughs> don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> okay, okay. This, okay, man, okay, this okay. man in a professional studio making us look bad. Look at this guy. Straight up, right? Wow. <laughs> About, no, to, about to record with babyface. This is this is <laughs> babyface. This is a big moment for me, so I need to give you my best. You know what I mean? I can't be in the house with the screaming kids. Well, thank you. Give you the studio. Thank you, Jesus, for cutting your hair from the COVID haircut that you had. Listen, listen. As I look at you right now, I want you to remain <laughs> quiet about haircuts. Okay. Well, this is it. I didn't know I could grow grow it out, so I'm letting it ride out until until it doesn't. Hey, hey, hey uh, Nate, okay. you, you want to have you on here um, to, to celebrate your career and all the accomplishments that you had. You know, I just want to say that, uh, you know, why did you come to the MLS? Damn, right <laughs> oh, oh, oh. This the crack, baby. You this the crack. God, this damn. the crack, baby. Right. Okay. That, okay. that was not the order of questions. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 
so for me, for everything I did in the UK, I'd made money. I'd had the experience, but it was at a point where going back to the Premier League probably wasn't going to happen. And if you stay in the championship, it's 46 games a year, of which maybe 40 of the games are exactly the same. Just It's just a different Fighting. jersey. Like, it's yeah. oh, every single week, twice a week, three times a week. And then I was leaving Queen's Park Rangers. And for the money that was on the table to stay in that league, it kind of opened up the whole world to me because it wasn't money which specifically only exists in England, like it say would be in the Premier League. Yeah. So I said, oh, why not try a different experience? I had, oh. um, I've got three kids, young kids, young enough to go and travel anywhere with me. I've got a supportive wife. And I said, when I'm done with my career, I don't want to, rem- I don't want to talk about spending five years in a championship just fighting week in, week out. Let me talk about a different experience. Let me try and get the juices flowing again and feel something new. Because as soon as I came here, the way that the game's played is different, the way you travel is different. You know what I mean? The mentality is different. And it felt, it, it, last time I felt like this was when I was making my debut, when wow. Bees was like 35 years old or something like that. You know what I mean? Like a while back. So, this, this man is really you know, trying to take over our show right he now. He is. He's <laughs> taking shots at everybody. Shit. Oh, sorry. That was my bad. I didn't know that was a shot. But anyway, so <laughs> and well, as we're going to leave in the next few weeks, I can look back and say the two years have been a great experience. You know, and instead, I could have been in England. I could have been making money. Could have been doing whatever. Because I turned on a couple of bigger money offers to come over here, but the experience wouldn't have been the same. So I've say I've enjoyed my two years. So yeah, Great. I can finish off in uh, style. Did, did, did you, oh, go, go ahead. No, no, go. What are you gonna say? Go, I just wanna know. Did he visit Utah before? Because Real Salt Lake is a beautiful city. But I'm saying, did you visit Utah before coming? To... No, 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 no. So what, what did you know about Utah before you even came? <laughs> Okay, so, uh, so why is it funny? Real talk. <laughs> so, I knew, so I knew about the Winter Olympics that were held there. Oh, These didn't even know team. about Winter Olympics. <laughs> in Utah. No, but he's, How many years ago? It. Was that in 2002? Mm. 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 Don't, don't come here with your nonsense. Mm. But anyway, mm. so, I knew, so I knew about that. But when, know. relax. So there's a big stigma around, say, if you want to come to the USA as a, as a British player. They say, oh, you know, the lifestyle of this, you want to get to New York, you want to get to LA, you want to do this. But I disregard so many teams in the smaller markets, as you know. But one thing about this place, they were saying, yeah, it's not this, it's not that. But most people I know had never actually been over here. And the way that the thing, <laughs> the deal was set up was they were interested and they were one of maybe three teams who had international slots available. One was LAFC, but this was in September of 2018. And LAFC said, we'll sign you till December. And then if we like you, we'll give you another year after that. That's crazy. And I'm thinking, I'm like a big man here with three kids. And they're yeah. saying, come over for six weeks. And then six maybe weeks. you can get another year. <laughs> I was like, okay. Well, RSL gave me the, f- till the end of 2018, the end of 2019. And then if I played 20 something games, I get all of 2020. So that was the security I needed. And then from when I actually came over there, you get off the plane, you see the mountains and you're like, well, this isn't actually too bad. Obviously it's not New York. It's not LA, it's not wherever, it's not one of those big, big metropolitan type cities, but it's, it's all right, you know. It's, not it's the a beautiful place city, right? Real Salt Lake is a beautiful yeah, for city. Real? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for real. Night, I mean, I've never night, been. Night, nightlife is popping, man. I mean, uh, <laughs> popping. You know, after, you, know, you know, from 5 to 7 p.m., it's, it's, it's lit. It's lit. <laughs> 5 he to 7 5 p.m. Monday through, yeah, from Monday through Saturday, yeah, it's popping. But no, it's cool because, again, for me, like my wife and I, we used to travel the world before we had kids, see everything, do everything. But then when you've got three kids, you even got time for all that stuff. Yeah. So the, the, the life does exist there, but that wasn't my focus. And the kids have had some great memories, seen some great things. Well, do, they have, do they have American accents? Did they acquire American accents? 
Why, nope. yeah, not even a little bit. I think you did a little bit. Relax. So they say certain words. <laughs> they say certain words, but it's like, nah, I don't. Okay, it's like you know, okay, okay, okay. I don't, yeah. I, I don't understand. Excuse me. Just, yeah. So yeah, they, they haven't picked up the accent yet, and we've got another three, four weeks left. So I think we'll be okay. Uh, yeah. So hey, Nada, you touched on it a little bit, and this, and this is probably the the most serious question we're gonna ask you this <laughs> on this whole show. Go on. Um, you said about the the mentality is different. The uh, the, you know, where you travel, the way you play, the all that stuff from going into from, from the Premier League to the championship, then you come into America and how we and how uh, Americans play football. So what well how in your in your mind in, in the in the two and a half years you were here, what was the some of the, the biggest changes as far as that part of it, the on on the field and off the field? Uh, in terms of the players' mentality, did you say? Yeah, mentality, players from even um, even from the club, the club, everything, the, the, the players, everything. Because you have a good um, landscape. You were I mean, you were yeah, a huge were, club. You know, yeah. you're at yeah. Sunderland, you're at QPR. Yeah, you know the landscape. Yeah so. yeah, so I think for me, I was very lucky to to have been at Man City when they were becoming the best team in England. So I was I was there beforehand when they were, you know, when we were basically like a bottom six, bottom seven team. But to see what it was like just before they won that first title, I saw what the standard was. I saw how players thought. I saw how the coaching staff would think and try and relay messages to players. And the thing that really blew my mind was how some of the best players in the league and in the world worked harder than anybody I'd seen before. And this was every single day. Wow. Everything was like extra competitive. There were no days off because those players knew that they were replaceable, as crazy as it may seem. They mm -hmm. knew they were replaceable. But then you go elsewhere and you have players who aren't as good, who don't work as hard, but they're not replaceable because, because they're seen as a big star in the team. Coaches feel more pressure when they don't play them and things like that. Mm. So that followed me at QPR. And then I went to, then when I came over here, one huge difference I felt straight away was, I remember it was, my, it was the third game, I think, when I was in the roster. And we lost 4-1 at home to Portland. And this is a big game for us. And it was horrible. And I looked in the stands and I could see we still had a few thousand fans that were there at the end of the game. And I'm expecting them to start booing, throwing stuff, all that, all that good stuff. And then the game finished and the players applauded and the fans applauded. I'm like, yo, this is, <laughs> this is different. This is different. Yeah. I'm not used to this. And obviously it depends which city you're in or which team you play for and all that. But in most of the places I've seen, the game isn't as life or death as it feels in other places. So as a consequence, when, they, when things aren't going well, it doesn't affect people in the same way. People make different decisions. And at times, the thing that got me the most is how it feels for some people more like it's a hobby than a profession. Mm. You know, you're being paid to... Do you think, that, paid do you think that all go, these things changed your kind of output because it changed no, kind of the world? No, no, no. Like, no, okay, no, because, no. Like, like, look, just like you said, you're in a team and like there's some of the average players that think they should be there or whatever were you because you know what I've heard from a lot of European players when they come to MLS they get frustrated like that first couple of months they're just like you know what the hell's going on like, yeah what is this uh, yeah it's for me I think at, at RSL this and just all around the league this I think there's some really good players and I think there are lots of players with massive potential but whether or not they reach that potential will come down to how they coach or how they understand the game because when they start to understand what the difference is between them and somebody else that's more successful, because sometimes they might realize it's not actually that much and it could just be a bit of understanding or a change of approach. Because say physically, so many players are capable of doing it, but tactically, they make different decisions here because there's no consequence. 
you know, you'll try something and your team might concede. Like, how many times do I do I watch, or would, would I watch highlights from an MLS game? And the highlight starts with the goalkeeper rolling the ball out of the back to somebody. I'm like, ah, I've seen this one before. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they, they, like they want to play and all that stuff. But put yourself in a situation whereby if you lose a game, you get relegated, you lose all your money, people lose their jobs, and see if you'll play the same way. See if you'll play with a different... See if you play with the same level of passion or whatever. Um, so yeah, I didn't get, I didn't get frustrated at all. I just I took it in and I started to realize that, as I say, I was in a different place. And for me, it's not about moaning. Say, uh, Ibrahimovic, for example, would moan a lot about the league on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis. But the fact is, he chose to be there. And I think when you choose to be in that environment, it's up to you to either try and make it better. Or just sh- or just shut up. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you can complain, complain, you're, you're, complain. You're, but... You know he had the problem with Niger boys. This <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I've heard you've had your little thing with him as well. But <laughs> if, again, from perception on the league, I will never forget this. I think it was 2019 when the man said, "I'm I'm a Ferrari amongst Fiat's." Yeah, he said that. Yeah. And I was right. looking around in my in my um, dressing room or locker room, and people are laughing and joking. But I'm like, he's just called you a Fiat. He just <laughs> said that to you. You're not on the outside looking in. You're on the inside being spoken about like you're no good. Like, that should put some fire inside you. But instead, it's like, <laughs> this guy is just so funny. Where, you know, like, he's clowning you. Like, have some pride. Have some understanding. And see that, as I say, he chose to be here. When you step out on that field, you both deserve to be there. You know what I mean? So just yeah. be, just, just act that way. But unfortunately, I think some people missed that. But I think in my two and a half years here, I think a lot of people's approaches have changed based on the stories which I would tell them about elsewhere. Because I think for some, they have an idea of what goes on elsewhere. But when I say to a midfielder who's not working hard, David Silva works harder than any player I've ever seen before, then what, what are you doing? If that doesn't wow. inspire you to work harder again, yeah. like maybe so you're, just, you're in the wrong game. How, how did those and American and players and take it when you, when you spoke to them and, and was a leader that yeah. you are in the locker room and on the field? I think, I think I did well in this space because it was, a, it was a younger locker room. But then as well, the stuff which I would say, like everybody, not everybody can be shouted at. Not everybody needs to be half an arm around them. But if you try and learn who people are, you can learn what gets the best out of them. Yeah. And I think some people need like a nudge. They are going, you're doing well, you're doing well. Or like, come on, you know, you've got more than that. Mm-hmm. Like I, there's some players where I say, you know, I feel, I felt, felt, it's weird saying felt, but as a defender, I felt like if your attackers do well, win the game because they'll do well in, in terms of attack but they'll also defend well from the front which mm-hmm. makes my job easier mm-hmm. so I'm constantly trying to like hype them hype them hype them make them understand that it's not a them and us and a split in the team like you are everything in this in this yeah. setup defense starts you know with attackers yeah exactly yeah but some of them you think oh just the defenders or just the attackers that so I'd say the lots within the two and a half years here I think I based on my experiences I think I passed on a lot of messages but in different ways to different people depending on yeah. who they are because some people don't realize how good they can be. And some people don't realize why what they're doing isn't progressive. But in times, they were getting it again and getting it. And they got better and better individually. And I think at some point in the future, I think the, the fruits will bear from, uh, from that knowledge. Yeah, when you, and when, you, when you talk about it, as soon as you, when you're talking about the, the mentality of, of the, some of the players that you had in, in Salt Lake, uh, it's about, it felt like a hobby. You know what I'm saying? I had the same yeah. thing in, in Houston. I ne- I'll never, ever forget this. I'll never forget this. So we're, we're in Seattle, and we just got uh, we just got beat. I don't remember the matter of the score. We lost. And, yeah. you know, me, I'm I'm pissed. 
I'm, I'm going to like the coach after after the coach talks. You know, coach give his little spiel about this, this, and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, everybody's kind of whatever in the locker room, and I'm sitting there chilling. I literally look over to my left. This dude already, we just got to be already pull out, pulls out his phone and is checking his damn football fantasy NFL highlights. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, you're laughing. You're laughing. Yo, this shit. Yo, I'm telling uh, you. Oh, yeah. But, but, that's I, what, no. but I'm saying, like, that's what I'm talking about. But people don't, people don't realize. So when when I all when I when I spoke when I was uh, still with Houston, and I spoke about the mentality of 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 the players of the club, that's what it was. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's what the the and I and I put this I put this blame on a, in a club too because that's what they they let happen. Like how yeah. do you as a club let stuff like this go on? You know what I'm saying? Like you yeah. expect the players and the cap, and which I did I did say something, but you still expect the players to say something. But like this is what the art that club was about you know what i'm saying yeah. to, to for for a kid to to really and it's not just one person it was a couple people to, to really take his phone out after a loss like don't mean shit we just lost the game oh you know whatever it's cool whatever pull out his phone and literally look at his football fantasy scores to see if they if they, they they won that week yeah. or whatever that yo that's yo oh boy man I'll, yeah i'll I think- kill somebody that day it's funny because yeah. I think it goes to we, we said this in the in another episode about culture, right? And then I don't think it's just a club culture. I think it's the US league culture, right? And there's mm-hmm. there's no consequences, as you said. Like they might be cut deep if it was like shit, we lost this game. We're three points down from this team that just leapfrogged us. We might get relegated to the USL or whatever. Ten teams make the playoffs. It's like, it'll be another game. I mean, for, for them, there, there's always a redemption game, right? There's yeah. no consequences. Yeah. For them. Like, oh, next week or in three days we can play and we'll still make the playoffs if we win the next three out of the next 10 games or whatever, and then we could still win the league. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's a, it's a culture thing until it's enforced or reinforced, whatever, what, whichever way you want to see it, within this league that it – every game means something and once mm-hmm. every game means something in the league individual teams within themselves will understand what it means to themselves and to ownership and then yeah. retrospectively as a snowball it's going to take take effect but right now it's just you like know, it's interesting you say that because from the two years i've been here you notice it's always the same teams around the top or the same teams that do well in the playoffs and you know that the culture within those places will be different to what it's like in other places where it's like where you're almost like also rants and with one one thing which i tried to really talk about a lot when i was um when i was at salt lake was yes playing games is really really important but the culture can be set from monday through friday like the game on a saturday is obviously important but in a month you play four games where they have 16 training sessions if the training sessions are competitive from Monday through to Friday, it's almost impossible you'll step out on a Saturday and do something different. But if people are sloppy from Monday through Friday, you, you're more likely to get a sloppy performance on a Saturday. And that used to drive me insane because if it's going to be, if you step out into training and you're giving everything, you're paying attention, you're like locked in, going out on Saturday is automatic. It's called training. You're training like for you Saturday. Exactly. Instead of just passing time before the game on Saturday. And I think at times, you know, within my camp and probably all around the league, people are probably just guilty of that. And that's the hobby thing again. You know, like I want training to be fun, but training for me is fun when my team works hard and we win. You know, that's that's as sad as it is for someone of my age. Like do keep ups and whatever. Yeah, that's great. But you, if you work hard as a team, you do the right things, you make the right decisions, you win a five aside or whatever. Like that feels great. 
because you've earned it. And you take feelings like that into the Saturday and you know that when you go to war again, people are going to be doing the same things they've done for the four days previous. So sorry, I'm ranting a little bit. I apologize. Nader, why don't, why, you, you need to stay in America and reform this Real Salt Lake club. I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Listen, the club, the club is changing. The, I think the club is changing. I think given the stuff that's happened this year with ownership and so on and so forth, and the fact that the group player group is so young, I think they'll Speak on that a little year. bit. Speak on that ownership a little bit. Uh, well, I will do in a second. But <laughs> seeing as though like the, um, the club is, he's got a lot of younger players in, some players who stepped up from the Monarchs team to, which is the, in the USL, and they're developing. This was a tough year for them, and I don't think people, a lot of, overall, we were fully ready to be able to embrace the challenges of this year. Like, this would require a really experienced, you know, high-end type team, I think, to have thrived in this, in this type of situation. But I think in years to come, when things are more favorable to them, based on the experience that they've had this year, I think the talent pool is it's literally not a million miles away from teams who are further ahead of them. You know, so anything is possible. But yeah, back to the ownership issue. So I, uh, um, look at him trying to find his words. I, I get, I'm, I'm both trying to be correct, but I'm also realizing no, wrong show, wrong I'm leaving. This family here, this is not, this okay. is not the kickback, man. This is the crack. Yeah, <laughs> true, Big shouts to the so, kickback. Yeah, I appreciate it. So for me, like, <clears throat> I got the owner kicked out of the club. He said what he said, and I called out for being wrong. You know what I mean? Like, the words that the man put forward himself are the reason why he has to sell the club right now. And people should never, ever forget that. And some of those views and stuff that he's had, he's probably had for such a long time, but nobody would ever say anything. Because one way to be ultimately successful in his country is to be exceptionally rich and to underpay your workforce. Because then if they say something, then they'll feel like they, they're going to get kicked out. And the need for them to have a job is far greater than the need for them to be in a better working environment, which is what essentially it felt like had been going on for years at the club. But this time it was just a step, it was a step too far. Because as you saw, because um, I saw you've, you've interviewed, is it Wesley Matthews, when they boycotted the game yeah. um, earlier in the year? Like that was such a big, significant day, not just in sport, but like almost American oh. history where something happened. Like how often does everything come together and everyone's unified you know that that was such a big big moment so then to find yourself the next day being criticized by somebody who hadn't even spoken to you as a team you think to yourself like what 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 is this because if you had the chance yourself to um you know if you if you were looking for a job and you knew that the owner of whatever business had the views that this person had maybe you wouldn't want to go and work there but now you're in that situation, you're wondering like, what, well, what is this? Is this what matters the most? The money thing is a bigger issue to him than this moment in history that's just happened here. And I just thought, nah, that's, that's not right. So I, said, so I said what I said, and he got so much pushback in the morning for what he said, that he came onto another radio show in the afternoon. And he was like, he was dancing so hard. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean this, I just want to do this. Like, he was crying and all this stuff. And You made the man cry? Because, <laughs> no, 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 listen. Yeah, that's, so, not the first, that's not the first man he's made cry. Look at this man <laughs> push up before this show right now. No, listen, as, as, far as, as far as the guy goes, like, he's very, very, he's very, very well off. And that's something which, is, which put me in a place where I don't really have sympathy for him. Like, he's right, exceptionally right. well off. So when he says he has to furlough workers and this, that, and the other, I'm thinking, no, you don't. Like, no, you don't have to do that. That's what you're choosing to do. Right. But people get brainwashed and they think, well, you know, 
we're not playing at this time. You know, we've got to think about why do we, why does he want to pay us? Why does he want to do this? And I'm like, if you had $100 million right now as a person, you are hella rich, but you would still be $900 million away from being a billionaire. And this man has three or four billion dollars to his name. Holy shit. Don't show him sympathy. Holy Because he can afford to pay whatever he wants to pay. He can afford to do it. Don't make it seem like he has to do this because he doesn't. That's what he's choosing to do. Yeah, because at the end of the day, he could invest in the oh, country. <laughs> Stay in the country, <laughs> man. Stay in the country <laughs> after the elections. <laughs> I think you're, I think you're good. You know, I, hey, we got a position at 4 NFC if you need a like. We, we... <laughs> no, thank you. I'm busy. Don't make me It's like that. Just, wow. Yeah, sorry, man. No, we'll talk, we'll talk wow, no respect. But <laughs> this, this is zero. Things about the MLS again. So the guy, so he has to sell the club and so on. And that's because he does take pride in the club overall. Like he prefers the women's team to the men's team. That's something I've seen clearly for the whole time I've been here. But the fact that he will make a profit and then just walk away and still own a third of Utah, it's like, what type of punishment is that? Yeah, yeah. Doesn't doesn't feel like anything at all. But. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, he I think he ran himself out. And he's just going to have to live by those decisions. But he's going to, his, his pile of money is just going to get that little bit bigger once he sells the club. Definitely, definitely. Hey, hey Dana, um, this is the crack. Can we jump all over the place? I'd like to know a little bit about uh, your upbringing. And, you know, I know you come from, obviously, a Nigerian family. So, mm-hmm. obviously, you come from a strict home. And, and, and uh, mm-hmm. but what, were you, what was the outside life for you growing up as a kid? Did you have a silver spoon like Aguchi and Yebo? <laughs> Wow. <laughs> it's silver spoon. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Before, 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 before you answer that. Nato, 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 just sit back. This is what they do. The light skins, they go back at each other. Go on, just sit go back. On. Just sit back. Going I, need you, I need you to redact that statement before we go. Here you we go. Any further. If it's Any not further. true, it don't have to redact it. Go ahead, Nato. Tell us about the life of upcoming in upbringing in London. Okay, so at first he was in Manchester. He was in Manchester. Manchester, sorry. One thing, one thing to describe childhood and being Nigerian is so when I go back to Manchester in December, I can go to my dad's house, and if there are dishes in the sink, and he tells me to go and clean the dishes, I will go and clean the dishes. As a thirty-four-year-old male, I still have no say when it comes down <laughs> to that sort of Nigerian hierarchy. Okay. <laughs> So if that's me now, imagine what I was like as a kid. Yeah. So yeah, we were. Um, so I was born in Nigeria. I went to Manchester in the early '90s, and I'll be honest, England in the early '90s was a uh, was an interesting place to be, as the especially as the only black in an all white deprived neighborhood. Basically, yeah. You know, we had a few issues, heard a few things, saw a few things, had a few burglaries, all that stuff. But we got through it as a family. Worked hard. My mom and my dad, they were working two jobs to try and help us even just survive in that space. And it was disappointing because my mom, she uh, before she passed, she had a PhD in environmental sciences. So she's, this was Dr. Antonio wow. Onoha. But she'd apply for a job and be like, nah, you're overqualified. Nah, you're overqualified. Nah, you're overqualified. And these were for jobs which she could have, you know, she was just trying to do to just help us be able to afford something. Yeah. And as I say, it wasn't, to hear those stories from her and to see the stuff that she had to do, like when she first came over, she was, she was putting um, like news, like adverts into newspapers, just sliding those brochures and stuff in there. That's what, that's what she was doing. Mm-hmm. And then my dad was working as a teacher during the day. And then as soon as you'd have two, three hours at home, and then he's going to work for the uh, mail service for seven, eight hours through the night. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they were up against it. And at the time, you know, we thought, oh, this is a lot. But as I got older, 
we start to realize like they gave us everything that they could. And yes, my, myself, my sisters, we all went to a private school, but there was nowhere looking back. My parents couldn't afford it. Yeah. We had nothing. Yeah. Even when we were leaving our first house, I remember that it was a week before and we were just sleeping on the floor. You've got like slugs and snails coming onto us and all this stuff. And so, it was if, just normal. If, if education you know I mean? being so key, how do they feel about you taking a career path of not going that route and, and pursuing football? <laughs> so for me, yeah. So I joined Cities Academy when I was 10 and I was playing every week. I was one of the main people in my age group for the whole time I was there, basically. But I was only allowed to do it if I was doing well in school. Yeah. So whereas you hear some stories where people would be like, yeah, you know, I raised my kid. He always wanted to do this. This is what he dreamed of. I couldn't dream of it because I wasn't allowed to do it. If yeah, I yeah, my yeah. <laughs> Literally, all I was doing was going to school. And if I did well enough in school, it meant I could play on the weekend. So nice. playing on the weekend felt like I was playing with my friends. So all the years of passing, I was doing well, I was doing well, doing well. And then uh, when I went in full time as a youth team player, I was still in school to the point where when I made my debut at 17, I was still, I was still in college finishing off one of my subjects. Wow. So the things were going on at the same time. And only after having one full year as a professional was I able to step away from education. Totally. And literally just have that as my focus. When you say and college, when back, you say college, you mean high school or uni? Uh, well, I think according to your logic, it was from 16 to 18. Right, right. So whatever that would be, yeah. So I did my, um, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. They call so it college. High over here. It's different, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah I know. But, yeah, it's, yeah. but it's a different qualification because yeah. this was the last qualification you get before you go to university. Yeah. But that was a full, it was a full-time thing. And I did, and I did well. Like I got top grades in, in math, business studies, and um, information communication technology. And I was delighted whilst also playing at the same time. You know, and it was, it's a, it's a strange time because I remember the relief when I didn't have to do any more education because I think I was almost burnt out. But um, yeah, that, that made a big difference for me because if I didn't, if I, if I did any, if I didn't do well in school, I'd have been finished. Like my dad, I'll never forget, we did our GCSEs, which is the qualification you do when you're 16. Mm -hmm. And I got, I got eight A's and two B's and the highest grade is an A star. So I got eight A's and two B's while wow. being a, Footballer, yeah. I've eight A's football. and two B's. I got you in the car. You said it three times. Yeah. Yeah, no, it. just, no, it's just so it. people understand <laughs> the context. I got eight A's and two B's. He's got never got eight A's. Yeah, right. I got in the car with my father and he did not speak to me for the whole car journey back because B's. he expected B's. all A's start. The B's wow. and no A's stars. So the pressure I was under when I went to the next stage of college Ended up with three A's and that was the highest mark. But my word, that I will never forget that car journey back because I thought I have I am a failure. I thought I am a failure with eight A's and two B's. Wow. Two the B's. highest marks of <laughs> anybody in my uh, in my academy. But you know, it's, it's just about your perception, isn't it? I mean, coming from a Nigerian household, I do know the importance of education, <laughs> which is why I'm 38 and finishing my uni right now. Right? Even yeah, yeah for sure. But I think you know. To, to, to your credit, you're a well-spoken, well-versed, intelligent man, despite anything, right? And I think you know mm. that. Uh, I think you, you dress things in a very articulate manner. You play, you're a gentleman, despite some of the, the knocks you throw at me. I'll give you a gentleman, yeah. <laughs> a gentleman title. Um, but also, I do believe it's important because you just kind of highlighted how you came from a very humble background, right? And nobody yeah, for sure. would have ever, you, no, like, Fans or people, they only see the outcome, 
They don't see the, yes. pro the process, right? Process. And they don't, they don't yes. see what someone had to overcome to be successful. They just see them being successful. You know what I mean? For so sure. for, my, for, sure. for me, it's hats off to you, brother, because yeah. a lot of people in your position maybe would have kind of dropped yeah. the pressure. It's, it's, all, it's like you say, it's the tip of the iceberg. You know, the amount of stuff that really goes into be seeing someone or whatever is seeing someone play or whatever. You just want to judge them based on what they do on a Saturday, but how they got there. Like, there's all, people always going through things and as a player sometimes when you, when you go out and you're not 100% fit, but you're doing it for your team and you're working hard for your team. But then you get judged and people say, oh, look at him, he can't even run anymore. He's no good. But your heart's actually bigger than their perception of who you are as a person. But one thing you mentioned actually, which is, I think quite important and something which I've seen in the last few years as a black male in this country specifically is when it comes down to delivering a message I think if you're not articulate as a black person you can just be pushed to the side and get just the angry black person trope and I and I hate that I really really hate that because there's certain times where you want to you, you you're really passionate about something but you can never really express yourself in that same passionate manner you have to dance around certain things because you know the moment you say one thing that goes too much one way, people tune out completely. Yes. And I, I hate that. I hate that. But over the years, I've learned to dance. And as long as it keeps making a difference, you know, I'll keep doing it. But people speaking to me if in public compared to seeing me on the TV. Yeah. If you see me in public compared to seeing me like on TV or whatever, I can have a completely different conversation with someone. But unfortunately, when the cameras are rolling, You've got to try and include as many people as possible and people who probably don't deserve to be spoken to nicely. You have to, otherwise, you know, if you don't have the support, you have nothing. Since you made that transition in terms of the black man's perception in America, what would you feel is the biggest difference uh, growing up in the UK and now experiencing a little bit of, of America in these last few years mm. that you've been here? What, what do you think of the difference in regards to the black man's perception? I think... Um, as a black male, some of the stuff that I can see out in the open in the United States only really exists on the fringe in the UK because some of the, there's not, you don't have the same conversations about freedom of speech, about right to protest or whatever. And say, everyone's entitled to get the news sorted from wherever. And ultimately every news source is backed by somebody. So we're leaning one way or the other. But to know that the biggest news shows in America, Tucker Carlson's show, Laura Ingram's show, and Sean Hannity's show. And I find that deeply troubling because the stuff that they say, I think a lot of those people, they're actors, they don't believe what they say. Entertainment. But it separates people. Yeah, exactly. But it separates people. Mm -hmm. And that, um, that hurts me because you don't have those personalities back in England who have that type of audience out in the open who are believed 100%. Like even in this moment now, we have thousands of people, maybe hundreds of thousands of people who believe what um, one of the president's aides just said and who said that he won the election by millions. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Like, how? What was, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, am I in some sort of alternate universe? But they're adamant. They believe it with all their heart. And it means that, say, as a black person, when you're marginalized anyway, some people, like this year, they, they don't want to separate some of the actors don't want to separate the Black Lives Matter movement from the Black Lives Matter organization. The Black Lives Matter movement itself can involve absolutely anybody. You can just say it and that's your belief. You don't have to believe in the policies or whatever of the organization itself. And that ultimately is why sport and other groups have gotten behind the sentiment of Black Lives Matter. 
yet still when I see some people who have the biggest audience they say what they want to do they want to abolish this want to move that want to remove this want to remove that burn no, down the ci- burn down the cities I mean I think that exactly dangerous and, and aligned up with Black Lives Movement which is, is not the two I tell people protesters are not looting it doesn't yeah go exactly ridiculous exactly exactly and even again with some of these actors the concept of hypocrisy I guess doesn't exist because when we were kneeling during the season, some people would say, you know, you should keep, I remember someone shouting, keep sport, sorry, keep um, politics out of sport, keep the two things separate. Yeah, for history, it's shown that it hasn't been. But then when, is it Covington, the fighter, wins his fight, he's next thing he's speaking on the phone to the president, find me something more political than speaking to a president directly after you finish your sporting event. <laughs> that is like the ultimate, you know what I mean? But you don't see any, anything wrong with that. Yes, you guys can, we can peacefully assemble, but you can't because you're going to burn down our cities or, and I think as, a, as I say, as a, I've been rambling a little bit, a little bit, but as a black male, when you really, if you really, really open your eyes, as sad as this is for me, I believe there are too many people in the country who don't want change. So as a consequence, change won't come because it feels like on one side, like if you want change, you need to go to a blue district. You need to go to a blue state, go to a blue city, like an unequivocal one and you'll find it there. But other places, they don't believe it. Like I got, sent, I got sent a meme the other day, which said, and listen to how wild this is. I got sent a meme by one of my friends in Texas and she's, she's one of us, you know, she's with, she's with it. But there was a meme at the top. It had a black cowboy and a white, white cowboy. And it said, racism in the United States was disappearing because people were coming together to call out people with those views, yeah? And I was like, okay, anyway. And then the picture underneath was a picture of Barack and Michelle Obama. And it said, everything was going well until these two came along and set back racism a hundred years. Mm. And I'm thinking to myself, what, what, what is that? Illusion, what, man. What, yeah, like what, but what do you mean? I mean, at the end of the I'd day, like, the racism, ignorance is an illness right and it's embedded within the thread of this country whether people want to believe it or not um Mm. equality or the idea of equality or uh, or any oppression of any kind of marginalized demographic ultimately threatens the other demographic that was on top right so you can see people that don't want change because they feel as though uh oh if if something changes and my lifestyle is going to be a lot less comfortable because somebody mm. else is is more comfortable right mm-hmm. and and that's i think that's a big problem within this country and i'm and i'm curious because i've been in i was you know i lived in the uk for about five years but you know i every every country has its own kind of uh, yeah within, within different i know what you're trying to say and within the uk if you want a really really diverse place to live you move to london you know but if you don't then say you end up in somewhere in the northeast like Sunderland because it's, it's in some ways it's similar to like this state itself in Utah if you in downtown Salt Lake City I think they voted 60 70 percent for Biden over Trump but the state itself carried itself at 70 percent red because the rest of the state is however it is where do you where will you find the most diversity downtown in Salt Lake City but the places where they don't have that diversity they always they stick to they stick to what they know and stick to what they do because I think when it comes down to it, people, maybe they vote in their own interests, but there's a distinct lack of empathy because for me now walking around here as a black male to know that more people voted for Donald Trump this year than four years ago 
based on the things which we've seen this year. And then to see some of those talk show hosts say, this isn't this. Nah, you're not seeing that. That's not what that was. Like when the, when the kid shot the protester in Kenosha, then all of a sudden he's got $100,000 for his bail to yeah. try and, um, you know what I mean? Like that, in my head, logically, that doesn't make sense. But for everything that it's gets said in the public, it's, yeah, for everything that gets said out there on some of these shows, it's for an audience that wants to hear it. Yeah. When you're hearing, seeing people on the streets now saying, Fox News sucks when they've been with Fox News for like four, <laughs> six, eight years. No, I like, love, I love that now because they saying that Donald Trump lost, or they're you know conceding that Biden. All of a sudden, they're fake news now too. So it shows you that, <laughs> but it shows you that it's a choice. It's a yeah, hundred percent. But they have you know an, I mean? they have a significant appetite to sit that far right and to think that that's reality. Like you can sit with all like one thing about life in general or whatever i think you can look up information and actually get facts about things you don't have to just listen to one source like because i'm here and i can't vote i hear what the left is saying hear what the right is saying and i'm like okay this might be believable that might not be believable that's a lie that's the truth that's a lie you know you can get a feel for what's going on and not feel attached to any particular party because you can just take it in but as i say when it comes down to certain issues and certain things like I could somewhat like someone saying to us, the election was rigged. All right, cool. So the burden of proof is on you. Show mm -hmm. to me how it was rigged. Mm -hmm. But they were like, no, show to me how it's not rigged. I'm like, bruh. What do you mean? But it's, you know it's I mean? funny because they say the election was rigged, but yet the Senate is still Republican. So if you're going to rig something, why don't you rig it the whole way down, right? Like, go, go, go all out. Gooch, that, makes too, exactly. that, Gooch, that makes too much sense, Gooch. That makes too much sense. I don't, I don't want to be that guy who says certain people can't think for themselves. But you're seeing certain people can't think for themselves. They voted every two years for their whole life. But this year, this was the year that was different. Why can't people say, you can have Trump as you, as the person you want to vote for, fine. But get out of your bubble and realize Donald Trump rubs a lot of people up the wrong way. Biden is president, not only because people like Biden, but people hate Trump. That's, That's why more people yeah. voted this year. These could have That's won it. this year against Trump. <laughs> Shit, hey, there was 7,000 people that voted for Kanye, goddamn. <laughs> oh, don't get me started on him, man. Don't get me started on him, please. I beg. Please don't, no, I'm not him. Free easy. Free easy. Oh, don't, man. Don't, 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 don't. Stimulus package includes one pair of shoes. <laughs> Straight up. Yeah, yeah. listen, stimulus package, you want to talk about that? Flipping, you got $1,200 a few months ago with your taxpayers' money. Nadem, well, stay, no, in America, stay in America. Why are you I, leaving? I, no, no, no. Listen, listen to me. Listen to me now. Because I can track this from a distance. Listen to me, Biko. Listen to me now. Stay <laughs> in America. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. It's been a great. I've, listen, I've enjoyed myself here. I've enjoyed my time here. But there's certain things here which are wild. There's nothing quite like driving down the road and seeing Trump flags, Blue Lives Matter flags, all of those flags. And you're like, okay, cool, 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 cool. So I have to avoid him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I think even, I think Nate, if you played in DC or New York, you might have had a chance to stay. But the, the impact of yeah, Utah during these two years, yeah, where, where it's been to the heights of uh, of totally fine. It's totally fine. Like, I get people have their views, and it's fine. I like it's cool. Do whatever you want to do. But me as a black male, having seen the things that I've seen this year and seen energy otherwise, like, and seeing what people are saying on the right, seeing what people are saying on the left, like my neighbor where I live now. I walk past his uh, house most nights to go and take stuff um, into the garbage or whatever. And he watches Fox News every night. So I think to myself, does he think I'm going to come and try and rob his house 
one day because of what's being said on there. Because I heard Tucker Carlson say earlier in the year, what are you going to do when they come for you? Come, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, am I they? Like, mm-hmm. this guy think that this is what's going to happen. And it's every night. He's religious with it. Every night. And the bottom line is, you don't have to watch it. There's not only one channel on TV, but that's what he wants to consume. So he immediately gets me on the back foot. And unfortunately, as we've just seen, millions upon millions of people see certain things which aren't necessarily for the benefit of people like ourselves. Mm. There you go. Joe, I'm Nathan. Let's, let's uh, transition a little bit back to to football uh, before mm-hmm. before you have to run out. I know you got kids and a wife and you got things to do. Yeah. But but um, you know, throughout your luxurious career and playing for Man City and and uh, QPR and Sutherland, um, tell us a little bit about the players that you that just stands out in your mind when you look at your career. Players that really make an impact in your game. Um, made an impact in my game. That's that's tough, you know. Um, I think, obviously, the best moment I had was when I was at Man City. So you're surrounded by Vincent Companies, David Silva, Sergio Girls, Carlos Tevez, Zeckos, Joe Haas. And these guys, they were unbelievable. Their work ethic was unbelievable. It was really inspirational to be around them mm-hmm. and see how hard they worked to be number one. You know, it didn't just happen by accident. Yeah. These guys were all in every single day from being in the gym before training to being in the gym after training, doing extras after training, going out to train the field, being competitive. Like, they were all in. Mm-hmm. And it was, as I say, it was incredible to see. And, I, you know, I was sad to leave it, but that's just, that's just the way the game works. So then I went to QPR, and there were some good players there. But the club itself was... Just, uh, say, it. just say it. Just say it. Just say it. In that, no, I can't say it. Just that's say it. This is, say this is, this is the, the crack. This is no, the no. crack. No, you say it. You say it. I'm He's trying to go back home. He's trying to go back home. Uh, the, the, the thing with QPR at the time is the, it's like an 18,000-seater stadium. And in that moment, it had money. But it's still an 18,000-seater stadium. And as far as West London goes, you've got Chelsea, who are the biggest team. You've got Fulham, who's got more of a, a better recent history than you, than you had us at QPR. And we'd spent X amount of years in the Championship and League Ones or whatever before 2012 when they 2011 2012 when they came up so the identity itself is realistically should have been a small club coming up to the Premier League who should would have just been working hard doing whatever you know always being the underdog but then all of a sudden we were bringing in players who were getting two three four five million a year and stuff like this but they were still playing in an 18,000 seat stadium in West London as an underdog in West London let alone in the Premier League so the identity of the club was, it was all over the place. Like, I'll never forget the, 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 what they used to do. I don't know if they still do it. Is when you sign, they take you to the stadium, take you to one of the suites and you look out and say, oh, this is cool. And then you sign and day one, you go to the training ground. You're like, bruh, what is this? Because the training <laughs> ground itself was Chelsea's old training ground. And nothing had changed from the time when Chelsea left there five, no. six, seven years previous wow. and went to their new training ground. I remember stretching on the uh, clear as day. I was stretching in this uh, little cabin thing. I looked underneath one of the treadmills. There was 10 years of dust in there. It's like, <laughs> yo, this yo, is different. Nate, I'm telling about the, uh, the, how the transit facility was at Man City before, uh, before the money. <laughs> all the money got there. <laughs> even, even, so even before they got to Carrington, they were, uh, they were training out of the facility at Platte Lane, which was open to the public. Mm. Because I remember when I was in the academy, like, you could, only, you could use this building at certain times, but on a Wednesday at this time, now you guys can't go in there because public are in there. And that was a professional team. 
But then, yeah, we went across to Carrington. This, the facility was was tired, man. It was just it was just a sports hall, basically. There was nothing got good for it at all, nothing. But what you think? One thing you missed, bees, was I think when Mark Hughes was there as coach, there was one international break, and this is when the Arab money came in. And in the space of ten days, they completely redid the whole space, bees. In ten days, wow. I remember looking out the <laughs> window. Days. There were fifty wow. to a hundred people every single day in that space, and guys went yeah. away on international duty, came back, and it was a new training ground. It was wow. nuts, but yeah, it was the training ground was nothing. When I when we finally left, it was better. But then you look at their facility now, and it's they when they were getting ready for that, they were sending people around the world because they wanted the best facility on everything. So they were looking at they're looking at NFL. They're looking at soccer, they're looking track and field, everything. They wanted the best facility in the world for any sport. Wow. And when I think when it first came out, I think they absolutely hit the nail on the head with that. Let's talk about hitting the nail on the head, right? This big head, Demarcus Beasley comes over to play with you at Man City. It's American. Yeah. He, weighs a, he weighs a buck 30 wet. What was your first thought process when you, uh, when you teamed up with Demarcus? When I was uh, back then, and to be fair, still now, like I, I used to watch European European soccer. Like I was yeah. all in. So I was excited to see someone coming over who had his history. Yeah. You know, I didn't necessarily know his status and from when he was first coming through in the MLS, but I knew this is this is Mr. PSV or whatever. Yeah. Like this is a guy I used to watch. And he's you and um, Farfan and people like that. Farfan, like, yeah, yeah. Bro, PSV back in the day, like all through in. that stretch, that was my team. You, you yeah. were my team. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I was all in. <laughs> So, so I was like, I was excited. I was, a, I was a young guy, and I was seeing these people coming in. I was like, I know this guy, I know this person, I know this person. This is so cool, man. Yeah. And he came in, and the club in that time, because you don't know any different, was a shambles. But yeah. it felt fine. It felt normal, and it felt like we were heading in the right direction by bringing in people like him. I remember as well. We brought in. Um, I think we did. We the same year as Trebelsi. From Ajax. Yeah, Trevelsi, yeah, from Ajax. Yeah. Yeah, no. Again, yeah, yeah. that was that was that was another guy I'm looking at. We're buying players from PSV, buying players from Ajax. I'm like, yo, like this is this is it. This is it. <laughs> I was so wrong, but I thought this is it. <laughs> 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 but like I say, it was, it was, for me in that moment, it was great to see people who I've seen playing at the highest level elsewhere coming into this share the same space as me. And I was young, I didn't have the biggest voice, I wasn't like a massive part of the team. But you, I think you become a better player for a Saturday by playing against better players throughout the week. And the way he came into the team, you know, it gives you a different challenge. You have to be your best. And that's what it's like. When I left City, I thought to myself, if I can play against Yaya Toure, Zekos, whoever's on a day-to-day basis, like, what am I worried about when Saturday comes? Literally, there's nothing, yeah. there's nothing to worry about. So you were part of my growth at that point firstly from playing with you but being able to play against you because you're bringing something different to what we we're used to because I was only a few years removed from academy football and, and then I think uh, you and Gooch played together at QPR correct yeah, that's correct yeah that was but now you're a veteran right now you're established <laughs> now you have this damn American come over here who, who so you know, I'll, I'll give you the real story about when I came to QPR so when I came to QPR at that time it was Natum, it was what are those two older players, center backs? Yeah, uh, Richard Dunn, Clint Hill. Richard Dunn and Clint Hill. So yeah, Richard Dunn. Richard Dunn, they were whatever, they were there. But at the time, Natum was like injured his knee. And so they mm-hmm. they didn't know how long he was gonna be in, be out, whatever. 
And so I came in there, you know, because they didn't know that. Yeah. And, and I, when I spoke to Harry Redknapp or whatever, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to come in there for one of the two, Richard Dunn or Clint Hill. And for, they weren't losing. So it was hard yeah. for them to actually move anybody as, as stiff as they were or whatever. They, they, the team was not losing. So yeah, I was just yeah. sitting there week in and week in. I'm just like, all right, what am I going to, and I can't really complain because they're not losing. And then finally, uh, towards like November, December, I was like, I got to, I got to get out of here. I got to play games. Yeah. That's, when, that's when I went to Wednesday. Uh, but, you know, every day seeing this bodybuilder in the gym. I'm asking this man. I'm, 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 I'm here sitting there wondering why is he playing soccer? He's trying to do the strongman competition, doing muscle-ups with people on his back. No, 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 no. You know, I'm, I'm glad you reminded me of that time because that's when I really got into calisthenics. I was with uh, Bobby Zamora. And mm. like we had a little movement for uh, like I think it was a year, yeah, it was like a year from that point. But yeah, when you like Gooch, when you came over, you're right. The team just kept winning. They were doing so so well, and it's hard. But you know, as a professional, sometimes, especially as a humble professional, if people are playing well and people are winning, then you just gotta sit there. You just gotta take it. Doesn't matter what you feel about yourself. Like how frustrating be the. Pro- Adam, because I, I look at your career, though, every time I saw that you were getting your groove and, and playing yeah. games and, and being that stuff, you get injured. You know, I, yeah, I mean, that, that, was, that was the first, that was probably the first four or five years of my career. Yeah. But it was worse because even if I wasn't injured, sometimes I'd be next in and they would never let the next in go, especially as a young player coming through the academy. So it was disappointing. But then as I got older, I got to a point where I barely, barely missed any, any games at all. Yeah, it was... It was, it was tough, but you, you, you know. I wanted to play with you. Life. I wanted to get that, yeah. that pair right there because I thought we would have been, been dope. We would have been Black dope. Death in the middle right there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Nigerian but, yeah. Eagles. But, yeah, look how look how QPR was at that time, though. You know, like we were easily the best team in 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 my yeah. opinion, best squad in that in the league in that season. But we still only managed to scrape through in the playoffs or whatever. You know, this says a lot about um, championship. I want to should I say management or I don't know, <laughs> say, say it, buddy. Just say it. Perhaps. So, so have yeah, you read that? Have you read that? Gucci ain't gonna say it. Gucci ain't gonna say it. So have you read that? You ain't gonna say it. I will say that Natum was right that there were there were players that felt that they were above QPR, and so oh, yeah. as a result of that, they didn't give their all. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They, they, they training, they weren't there. They're like, oh, I think I'm gonna leave in this in the winter to go to whatever club i'm like can we play here but you know they're always thinking of somewhere else besides where they were at that moment i'm like why'd you guys sign here if you don't want to be here if you're not going to give everything you know and that Mm -hmm. that frustrated me because these are the ones that are playing and they don't even want to be there and i'm I'm sitting here like (laughs) i want to play you know um and so without without saying it whether it's management whether it's uh, ownership, whatever, that there was something, there was a, a, a cancer-esque yeah. type vibe within the, that, 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 that club at the time. Yeah, yeah but, man. But, yeah, for sure. But, for sure. But, we saw uh, some size in that time. The question the fans all want to know is that how do you compare a championship with MLS? Is it, is it, is it getting closer? Is it far off? Uh, you can't compare. Uh, hmm. No, no, I think I think you can compare, and I would say that there are plenty of players in the MLS who could play in the championship, but I think there are more championship players who can play in the MLS. 
because as far as the MLS goes, in terms of being in a really competitive environment, you've got some really good soccer players or whatever, but they don't know what it's like to literally have people throwing stuff at you when you arrive at the stadium and attacking you. Like when we lost to, we got killed by Colorado this season and myself, Albert Ruznak, because we've been in Europe, you just went into hiding because that's an embarrassment. Yeah. But some of these people, they, they might lose a game in a championship and then just kind of try and carry on about the business. Like, nah, 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 nah. That's not the way this works. That is not the way this works. So yeah, I think the standard isn't a million miles away, but then I think at times as well, you know, you do get some good players who do come out of college, but the fact that say you could be 22, 23 years of age, just playing your first season. Yeah. That's, nah, that's unheard of because you won't be, you won't get the same. If you, if you try and play in Europe, and it's your and someone said this is your first season, you're 22, 23. No one the, will afford in you the, the top league. In the top league. Yeah. N- nobody will afford you the opportunity because a rookie or whatever is 17, 18, 19. Yeah. At 22, 23, if you're like you're not if you're barely called a prospect at this point wow. because you you you're you're bedded in. Like I spoke to um Tom Huddleston, who's the same age as me, midfielder for he was a midfielder for Derby, and he had played 95 games before he was 19 years of age. That's a Tottenham player. That's what you're up against. Yeah, that's right, yeah. 95 games by the, before he was 19 years of age. So what? how does he compare to a 23-year-old who's going to make his first start? You can look and say, oh, this guy's a rookie, but you won't. if someone says they're 23, 22, <laughs> 23, you're like, nah, it's not, it's not for us. Don so Garvey. The mentality... Dan Garber just texted me. He said he's going to call you tomorrow. What are your exiting advice to MLS as a... To, as who, a to him? No, 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 no. Before the exiting the advice, I want, to know personal, you, I want to know what you want to do now that you're not playing. Like, what is your... What, uh, what, are, you, what are you going to do since you don't want to stay in this country and do it? Um, I'll, I'll begin by making it very very clear i'm very very privileged to have made enough money to not have to work anytime soon so with that in mind <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm, so with, so with that in mind yeah exactly thank you yeah you know what i mean i worked hard for this but with that in mind i'd like to firstly spend some time with my family and see my see my sisters see my father see my father-in-law see my mother-in-law See all those people who, from when we moved out of Manchester in 2012, we've not seen continuously before. But that life there, coming back with three kids, that's what I want to experience. Oh. And in terms of, I can, things that I can just fall into, there's lots of media, there are lots of media opportunities which are available, which I'll, I'll do. But I want to enjoy whatever I do next, not just do it because I have to. And I'm not one of those guys who will miss, I don't, I don't miss training. I don't miss games. I don't miss being told what time to be somewhere and what to wear. Like that doesn't concern me at all. So I've got no desire to go into coaching or management or being in that environment. So as I say, just distance myself from that and just become a, just be a civilian and just enjoy being that for a little while and then see what happens. Oh yeah. And as for, go on. No, for me, I think we need to end on that. I mean, just by you stating that and that freedom, that saying that you've made enough money, you can do what you want to do. (laughs) I think, I think that's an amazing. And be a civilian. <laughs> I'll, I'll literally, I want to be a civilian for my whole for my whole career. I, I, I promise, I promise this to you. At no point in my career or in my life have I introduced myself to somebody as being a professional soccer player. 
Like I'm Nathan. I've kept that. I've kept that energy so that when this moment would come, the only difference between yesterday and today and tomorrow is the fact that tomorrow I don't have to go into work. Everything yeah. else remains the same. No doubt. And that's yeah. that's all I wanted. Walk away from the game. Don't limp away and walk away and be able to just be yourself. And I'm I'm ready and excited for it. That's gonna be a quote. That's gonna be a quote right there. Yeah, man. I say we end on a positive note. I think we, again we want to um, to come here and applaud you on your career. And the man you have, have you have become, and for now I'm calling you Doctor, because that's what you would have become <laughs> if you didn't choose to play, uh, yeah. play for, the, for the second best team in uh, in Manchester. You know my brother. Listen, you're wearing a you're wearing a Easy. shirt, so no one's even listening to what you're saying. Yeah, right. that's, what I, that's what I told him in the beginning. <laughs> I told him. Yeah, listen, <laughs> oh, man. but enough love, brother. I know that uh, you're gonna do other exciting things. Uh, I know you're gonna get bored real quick. You'll be active and uh and, and just make sure you you come back to the to us little media pe- media people once you uh listen you go back to no your... it's 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 an Don't absolute pleasure it's an absolute pleasure to be a part of the biggest podcast in the USA how about oh, that oh shit this guy <laughs> <laughs> just keep that US visa active buddy just in case you call yeah. listen you you think. So with the president being in charge till January 20th, you think I'm going to be able to leave next month and keep that green card? Much love, my brother. We appreciate you. Yeah, I uh, appreciate it. Looking forward yeah, to, to see your life as a civilian. There yes, you know. uh, me too. Me too. Thanks very much, guys. Right, Respect, brother. Yeah, cool. man, take it easy. Yeah, man. Yes, sir. There you have it. He was dropping knowledge today. A scholar. Oh, man. As we as we expected from him, you know. Yes, sir. But hey, Goose said Goose said when he get going, he gonna go. I I knew that. So I was hoping that he wouldn't put pull the handbrakes that he did. Yeah, right. <laughs> sometimes he's like, oh, I I can't say this. I can't yeah, say yeah, this. Yeah. Nah, man, Natum's one of those stand up dudes, man. Real yeah, talk. Man. Um, can't say a bad thing about him. Uh, proud of him in his career, Definitely. and even proud of him and how he's viewing his after career. You know, just wanting to enjoy his family, his life, and, and be a civilian, as he says, you know, right. and, and just live life. That's, and, that's, and, and, and Goose, that's, that's, that's what you bust your ass for, right? So I got to salute that, to be able to to be in this position, you know, and then the person, uh, I'm sure he, he had good investments, dealt with his money properly. So, uh, you know, he's an intelligent man, man. So I salute that. I think we should be, you know, we celebrate that. But footballers who want to be professional soccer players and start that path, make sure you hit up Fort Wayne FC. Also, January 3rd to the 10th, we have Onyx Elite, uh, which is uh, a camp that we've been doing for over four years, uh, which is for professional players and players who want to be professional. Uh, it's a chance to get a, a preseason and also a look at uh, from scouts to agents. I mean, we got sponsorships that come that come along. We also have good training and getting yourself ready and prepared for the season. So uh, make sure you go to onyxelite.com. And as well, um, the, the best holiday gift you could ever give somebody is uh, a footballer uh, product. So make sure you go footballer.com and, and make sure at the end of the day, everybody stays safe. All right. Amen. As Goops was said, I love y'all. One love and peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. 
That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 